Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And the preseason is underway, and the flyer season's over. That's the overreaction for this episode. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 158 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for being here. We made it, folks. It is the preseason. Make sure you are tuned in, joining us each week when we release every episode. We have announcements coming up for the Hockey Podcast Network, who we are obviously sponsored by, along with DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use promo code THPN when signing up. Man, already two games into the preseason, and I have some thoughts. But a guy who probably has a positive spin on my thought, Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother? Yeah, you know, same thing, different day. Wow. you All right. That was the angriest and, like, lowest energy I've ever had from you. I mean, what what's going on with you? Oh, man, what isn't going on with me right now? Well, you um, watched them get blown out by the Devils, 6 nothing. It has nothing to do with that. Uh-oh. Just, well, okay. Has maybe, I mean, it has something to do with New Jersey. I will say that. <laughs> it always does. You, yeah. I, I know, before you go on your rant, get out of New Jersey. Move to the other side of the Delaware. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. You know why? Because I'm 15 minutes from Philadelphia on days when there's no friggin' traffic. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what I'm pissed off about, Bill. I'm a little agitated today. I really am because there are just too many inconsiderate people on the goddamn road these days. So you want to know why I'm agitated? Yes, I'm agitated because my ass sat in traffic for an hour trying to get home. How long is it a normal ride? 35 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So it was an extra 25 minutes. Yeah, it was. But here's what pisses me off even more, you know, and and this isn't any kind of every traffic jam is avoidable. No, no, I'm sorry. Every traffic jam is avoidable. Yes. And when you know you how it's avoidable? It. When some asshole from Pennsylvania decides oh, to drive go. 60 in the left lane when the speed limit is 65 and doesn't want to move the ass. That so chances are, chances are, if I've ever driven behind you, there's like a 92.8% chance that I've called you an asshole in your life. Just yeah. so you know, I'm that guy. <laughs> So like, but he, this is what pisses me off. They're just, it's not, cons- you see I'm on your ass. You see that people are passing you in the middle in the right lane and you won't move over. You won't be considered for someone else. The left lane is used to be passing. If you're going 65, you're not going fast enough. Sorry. Yeah. The right lane is for the speed limit. The middle lane is like, if you want to pass somebody going the speed limit, 
The left lane is for people who actually know how to friggin' drive. Stay the frig out of the left lane, people from Pennsylvania, <laughs> from Maryland, from a oh, goddamn they're the worst Maryland. Maryland are the slowest friggin' drivers, and then the goddamn New Yorkers too. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the biggest pet peeve that I have, Bill, being stuck in traffic around this hour today, I'll tell you what, is that when the left lane, the left lane and the three-lane highway comes to a complete stop, and the two mid the middle lane and the right lane are still going. Oh yeah. Can, can, can yeah. you explain that to me, please? Is it is it possible that we have that many people on the road who who think that they are capable enough of following a couple of simple rules and not even just decency? Get the hell out of the way. <sighs> I actually feel a lot better. After that. I will <laughs> say the the people do the the objective or the purpose of the left lane. No one, there's no one that really knows what it's supposed to be for. And New Jersey has the signs up to clarify what it's for. Right. Unlike Pennsylvania that does not have it. As far as I, as far as I know, I, I, I mean, I haven't, I don't do a lot of driving anymore compared to what I used to with my, before I took my at home job. But like, there's no, the left lane is strictly for passing everyone else. And then you make your pass. Then you safely move back into the other lane. Uh, correct. Thank you. It's not for coasting in the left lane. If someone's yeah. on your ass in left lane, you be considerate and move over. It doesn't matter if you're going 80. Move over. Let them go faster. That's yeah. what it's for. It's a safety thing. Like And legit, I swear to God, New Jersey has those signs. It, Pennsylvania people are just aloof and don't really care. New Yorkers <laughs> could care less about anything else besides themselves. And people from Maryland just can't read. So that's probably why this happens in the first place when people come through the Garden State. Just, I'm not a territorial, like, nationalist, like, oh, get out of my country kind of guy. But stay the frig off my roads. <laughs> get off of the highways if you you're can, not from you, around here because you, you don't know how to drive on them. You, you can live in You can live in this country, but you can't drive on it. Yeah, don't don't drive in New Jersey. Don't, especially if a road I'm driving on, because believe me, I'm, I, if someone is going not to speed limit in left lane, oh, I'm hot. I'm, I'm pissed. Clearly. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. There's it a lot of, the hell out of me. There's a lot of annoyed people throughout Philadelphia, and I feel like they're already getting to that point. And I'm making a transition here. If you haven't p- picked up on it, I, I I figured it out. Yeah. Um, the Flyers have started their preseason. Six nothing loss to the Devils. Two one loss against the Islanders. Looked a lot better against the Islanders. I will give you that. Didn't look bad in the third period against the Devils. Um, after that, and. and Look, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm not like that. That would be absurd. But I do have a question about the just the the start of training camp because I almost and this actually adheres into the topic that that I think we have always talked about at the beginning of training camp, at least over the last two seasons in the preseason for this podcast, is Torts' mindset on uh, the opening of training camp which is the conditioning test, the skate mm-hmm. test, never touch the puck, that kind of thing. I've started to, over the last two seasons, I almost look at it as uh, in the NFL when like Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts is, didn't play a, a single snap in the preseason. It's almost a little bit like that in my, like how I'm seeing it. Because they're not touching the puck for a couple of days, day and a half, whatever it is. And I, 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 you can do what Torts wants to achieve at the same time of touching the puck. Like, I'm not – like, this isn't tough. Like, he doesn't have to – like, 
and we'll get into the Babcock story. I just think that these are very old school coaches that have a very short shelf life. If you haven't heard my hot take, go back to one episode 156. And I'm just like, how much is he? We're hearing good things about the, the player's mentality with him in the locker room right now. The 6 nothing, 2-1 tough losses in the preseason are nothing right now. But November, December, January, that's when the, the they're going to start actually mattering and people are going to get annoyed. Not just fans. I'll say this. The people that are freaking out about the first two preseason games are the same idiots that were freaking out when the Eagles started 2-0 and but the passing game didn't look great because they played a 415 game on a Sunday, okay, and then played on Thursday night. So they didn't have time to get anything together, any time to practice. Okay. You get blown out by the Devils because two days earlier, you're getting bagged by John Tortorella and they can barely skate. Go watch the videos. Look at Scott Lawton. See, we're talking Scott Lawton here a professional hockey player at the beginning of training camp, one of the leaders of the team, and he can barely skate faster than a peewee skater at the end of those drills. That's how you know they're taxing, and that's why they lost 6 nothing because they were literally, like, legs turning into yeah, jello. I get what he – like, what, what is the point of expanding or exerting that much energy at that point? You okay. can build up like there is no. a process to building up this like the the level of sports science that we have in today's society and today's professional sports. This old school mentality again has a shelf life, and Torres is burning at the wick on both ends. I disagree with that wholeheartedly, and I think you have the wrong read on this. With all due respect, and here's why. And I say all due respect because that's just that's old man yell at cloud type like analogy. And that's not the case of what's going on here. What's the most fundamental skill that you need in hockey? Yeah. It's skating. The best okay. skate. Like, it, boom. It, it, boom. Yeah. Don't, 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 there's no rebuttal after that. It's skating. It's skating. These guys, a lot of these guys, they get in shape over the summer, but they don't have access to the, all the ice time. Like they normally, they practice, but they don't get bagged like this. This is a grueling thing that John Tortorella puts through because it's not about the physicality of it. It's about the mentality of it. How bad do you want it? Are you going to dig in? Are you going to get through it? Okay. This is the same stuff that Herb Brooks did to the 1980 U.S. team and just skating, skating, skating. May not be the best team, but you're going to be the most conditioned. And this team does not have a lot going for it right now meaning in the sense of they need to kind of figure themselves out. They need to basically start with a new team this year because you are losing a couple pieces, which we'll get into in a little bit. You are getting Couturier back. You are getting Atkinson back, but you have a new team here, a new core, and you got to make sure that these guys want enough, and you got to push them, and you got to push them till it hurts. And even 37-year-old Mark Stahl is out there doing the same thing, bag getting bag skated. Like, the whole idea of this is to push through and saying, okay, wake up, boys. You're in it because it's not about what you do that day. It's the day after when you're already tired and you got to go back and you got to scrimmage and you even stopped one of the scrimmages because the other team wasn't one of the teams wasn't playing hard enough and he gave him a, and gave him an earful there. This is why, Bill, I had my bold prediction, not hot take my bold prediction that this team is actually going to do more than people think this year because they've already got a year on a Tortorella. They know what to expect. 
They know what to expect going in and know it's all about up here in the head. It's not about just the skills on the ice. You need to outwill yeah. some of these teams. I, and I agree you do there. that with that skating test. Look, I, I don't disagree that they could be doing better. They they could do better on the ice than what everyone is saying on paper. I was just reading um a piece in the athletic that's like they're they're gonna be bad this year and that's at least they're being forthright with it, other than the last couple of seasons where they're like we with the retooling nonsense. I don't disagree. However, you don't just need the mentality. You also need the talent. Like there's some decent talent on this. And like you mentioned, Coots was back on the ice for a little bit against the Devils the, the, the other night. Uh, Atkinson was expected to play. Now he's he is expected at the time of this recording. He's supposed to play on Friday night against Boston after being a full participant in practice. That's really good talent to have back on the ice for this team. But I think there's too many unknowns, especially because they've subtracted quite a significant amount of talent. No matter what you thought about the guy, Ivan Provorov was one of the biggest, best defenders on your roster last season and for the last couple of seasons. Kevin Hayes, one of your best 200 feet uh, players two seasons ago and fell off the fell off the ledge under the torts uh, tutelage, under the uh, uh, torts era, under that first year and uh, was dropped off very, very quickly. It was obviously evident that torts and Hayes did not see eye to eye. Tony D'Angelo, I don't give a fuck. Goodbye. Um, like, well it, said. Yeah, like, it, who cares? But like, I, I, I there's a, 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 like, are, are we really expecting Adder to step in and like, or Sanheim, like, who had a down season, or uh, Cam York? Cam well, York and Sanheim are the two in my mind that are going to step in to fill that talent gap, not skill gap, but talent don't gap. Don't forget Emil Andre. Emil Andre has made some impressive. It's been impressive so far. Sure. But it is a high talent level that they have to fill. They have the skill. There's a difference in my mind between skill and talent. And they might have the skill, but can they fill the gap of talent that is void now on the top blue line with Ivan Provov gone? Okay. And you got to hope that, again, going back to skill and talent, the skill of Kutzen and Atkinson are there. We know how good they can be. Is the talent there still after back surgeries and neck surgeries? That's that's the biggest question well, for them. I I I I think again, you know. Did you realize? Do you realize that Kutz has not played in almost two years? Correct. I didn't yes. realize that it, it it has been a blur this timeline that we're on. Apparently, I wish we were. All of a sudden, someone would snap their fingers like freaking Thanos and we would be in an alternate timeline again. It's been almost two years, December of 2021, when we last saw uh, Couturier on the ice. That's mind-boggling. Well, first of all, I want to say... terrifying. Well, I want to say about Cam Atkinson before you made a point that he wasn't even going to play. He he was back on the ice today, all right? So, we know Yeah, and he's he's expected on Friday against Boston. Which is good. So, you get a little... So, yes, it it has been crazy that Couturier's been out for almost two years, but what even made a difference... Maybe a little bit last year. I mean, when we when you look at it as a whole, mm-hmm. this is why it's important. Well, the, for- the, what? Sorry, what I what I would say to that is a year under torts is way more adva- advantageous for a guy like Coots. That like like you said earlier, everyone is in year two. That was there. Sanheim, York, uh, even Forrester, Forrester, who's one of Coots's got or excuse me, uh, Torts's guys. Coots is kind of playing catch up. With this, team. I, I I don't I I disagree. I disagree. I, I think yeah. that with 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 Coots, 
he he eaves right into a Tortorella once. He's a guy who is very very responsible. I mean, Christ, he won the Selkie Award a couple of years ago. Sure, he he's a guy who's responsible on his own end and also pitches in on offense. It's just it's 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 a, it's a little bit of an adjustment. Yes, but I don't think it's a drastic adjustment for him to, you know, have to be like, oh, it's a brand new. No, he's been around the room for a year. He's been around the thing for a year. He knows what's coming. He's been on skates. He has skated around and practiced with the team a little bit um, towards the end of last year. They just they didn't. They shut him down. There's no reason to come back. There's no no, no reason to play and, and get hurt again or whatever. Or try to come back. It's fine. You go through the summer. You go through your process. You come back fresh. I have no concern about Sean Couturier because I believe that, as I said last year, if they had Sean Couturier healthy and came Atkinson and healthy, that team was pushing for the playoffs. Honestly, really, really, especially the way they came around in the second half. Now, this is the thing that people have to – you talk about the talent. I don't see any issue with the talent here. I think the back end, yes, you need to – your back end guy's got to step up. You need Ristolainen to step up. He was in military service over the summer, so, you know, it's not as much condition, but – Travis Sanheim was hurt before the beginning of last year, which is why he looked awful for a while. Okay, now you got a full off season where you're fully trained. You're a year in a total system. You're the guy now. Sorry, you're probably on that top pair. You've you've got to step up. He doesn't have a choice. Okay, they gave him that contract for a reason. They believe in him. Yes, he almost got traded for Tory Krug, but you know what? He didn't. He's here now. Him and Risto's here. You have Emma Andre, who's probably going to make a push for the roster. You have Cam York, who's supposed to take a step up. I think collectively, yes, you always want that number one defenseman. But I think collectively the defense is going to be fine as long as they get good goaltending from Carter Hart or Sam Erson, whoever it's going to be. Because I listen after that first game, I don't know if Cal Peterson is going to make the NHL roster. It looked pretty brutal to me. Yeah, but I think this is Erson's backup job to lose. I, I I believe so as well, and I think he's going to push for starts, and I think that's good for Carter Hart because it's going to push Carter Hart to the next level. Besides that, let's go back at the let's look back at the forwards. Okay, now let's just let's just spitball here a little bit. I know that they've talked about moving Tippett to the left wing because they have a little bit of a weakness on the left wing. It's always been a kind of a thing with this team the past decade. They have not really shored up that left wing. That's what missing, you know, they're going to try to play Tippett on the off wing in the mold of a Jake Voracek, but it's different than Voracek because he's more of a shooter than Voracek. So he just has red hair. That's the only similarity. <laughs> I was going to so, say. Yeah, he's only got the red hair, so it's the only similarity. Saying but, that Tippett is more of a shooter than uh, than uh, than. <laughs> <laughs> that Voracek is a very not a very high high bar to cl- clear for. Well, uh, that's true. I mean, he's a much he's a better shooter and a much more of a shoot first mentality. So exactly. you have that. You won't have an undersized Claude Giroux up at your first line starter. You're going to have Sean Couturier there. Okay, you put Travis Connecting on the right wing. You got a pretty decent tandem there. Now your second line. Noah Cates is someone who I'm really going to keep an eye out for this year because his defensive game really stepped up last year. He's a solid second-line center, but that offensive game has got to come up. Now, if he plays with guys like uh, Morgan Frost, if he's at the same level he was at the end of the last year, we really hope he's that's his. he's got to that consistency point. That's going to be really big for him because you can offset him with like a um, like either Tyson Forrester or Cam Atkinson and have a little more flexibility in that line. And then your bottom six, you're gonna have Garnet Hathaway, you're gonna have Scott Lawton, you're gonna have you're gonna have some grit down there. So that's what I'm saying is that as long as this team, the top line can really produce as a unit, that second line can contribute more offensively as than more than they did last year, especially when you have a top center like Couturier back again, everybody moves down a peg. So you get better matchups for guys like Lawton, you get better matchups for guys like Cates. I believe that that's something that this team could really, really benefit from because Look, they're going to outwork teams. It's going to be very, very few nights that this team is outworked by another team. And that's something that this team is going to have going for it. 
Like you're going with that old school approach because this team needs to know how to play. This is phase two of the rebuild. Last year was the foundation. This year, you're sure. going to start going vertical. Okay? Sure, and that's but- a construction term for building vertically, like framing the buildings and building yeah. the inside and stuff like that. That's They're, they're going to go vertical I, this year. I, I don't – look, there, again, there's going to be a step forward this season. But we're also – I feel like if you go back and listen to whatever – I'm probably in the 130s, maybe high 120s episodes of, of this show, Orange Backjack – we're probably saying the similar tune to this. Like they're going to outwork teams. They're going to be tough to play, and they were. Like I, it was, it was not a slog watching the team last year. I don't disagree with that. Like two seasons ago, it was just like they would go down, they would go up one nothing, two one. They would give up the tying goal, and then the wheels would fall off. That did not happen last year. But to say like, oh well, at least they're going to outwork teams. They're going to be really tough to play against. Like, cool man, that's awesome. But what what like? Are they fighting for a playoffs? Like if, as I've said, as you, like you are very positive on this team. Again, it for a fan base that is starving for a legitimate contender for the last couple of seasons. It's hard to, it's going to happen one, one, whether they like it or not as fans like this, this is happening. They, and they kind of have to do it or they have to do it. It's tough to say over and over, well, they're going to be fun to watch or they're going to be tough to play against. Like, it's going to, it's the same. We're saying the same stuff that we said last season. So if nothing changes, there's no win. You hopefully expect more wins on the, on the, on the scoring sheet, more points on the scoring sheet. It's, it's, it's hard to get the, the ice, the logos on the ice on the two sides of the red line are great, but it's one of those things where, if all we're saying at game after game 10 or game 80, 82, well, at least they outwork teams. That doesn't do anything for the fan base. That just I, says, I, I cool, man. Like, I get it. That's t- another top 10 pick and uh, hoping that uh, Mishkov can come over in, in, in a year and a half. That's what Listen, we have to look forward to. I, here's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to compare apples to oranges here. Okay. And just bear with me because this is how I see this. And this is probably the best way I could communicate this to anybody listening to this podcast. In 2016, okay, I'm not talking about Meech Cobb or anything here. So in 2016, the Eagles selected Carson Wentz second overall in the draft. Made him starting quarterback after he missed the whole preseason. What did that team what was that team's record at the end of the season? Uh either Nine and six or six and nine. There, there, there were there. I believe there were six, nine and seven, seven and nine. Is that seven six and nine. nine or six? Seven and nine or six and ten. Yeah. Did Did you believe the next season that that team would go on to win the Super Bowl? No, not at that point. No. Okay, stop you right there. Okay. Okay. First year in a Nick Sirianni. Okay, the team goes nine and eight. Did you expect that after that team after that year that team to go to the Super Bowl the following year? No, there's too many okay. question marks. All right. After this past season, you lose the Super Bowl. Did you expect the Eagles to start their season three and out? Yes. You did. Why? Yeah, because that because they're very talented. You know that okay. they're m- more talented okay. than okay. that those three but teams that they. You have didn't just believe faced. that at the beginning of last year, right? No, they had to prove it to you, right? Sure, they had to prove it to you the year before but, that. Okay, as so well, that right? leads Hang to on. the question of why do you believe it? Because I because, don't. 
I've seen the signs. I I have seen the signs from some of these players and the way that they've developed, the way that Morgan Frost has developed, the way that Noah Cates has developed, the fact that you're getting Cam Atkinson back, the fact you're getting your top center back after two years, the fact that Travis Konecki really stepped up last year, the fact that Owen Tippett stepped up last year. That's five players right there that have already seen a difference, okay, that you subtracted some guys out of the room, okay, that really didn't fit, okay, Travis Sanheim is ready to go, it's a brand new look, it's a brand new locker room, it's very similar to 07-08, when, again, I, I compare that team because people need to understand that you're you're talking, a, when you remove three players like that, when you remove Ivan Provra, when you remove Kevin Hayes from this roster, you're putting that leadership on the young guys and say, go get it, Yeah, go. You're pulling the big voices out of the room, the veterans out of that room, and you're backfill, you backfill with some veterans, some grit on your bottom six, but you're also saying to this guys, this is your team now, okay? Those guys are out of here. You run this shit. And, and that's the thing is that the reason why I believe is that I believe that there's more there that they need to come out with because I think once they start play, I saw flashes of it last year. You saw a little bit of consistency out of Morgan Frost, something we've been wanting for the past three years. You've been seeing more consistency out of Owen Tippett, something that everybody's like, oh, I don't know about him. I thought it was a great deal that they got him. Yeah. You're getting Travis connecting to the next level. Okay. That's three players right there. Yes, defensively, they have some issues. You saw Carter Hart rebound from a bad year the year before and keep this team in games and also win a couple games on their own on his own. So I've seen flashes that this team really just needs to do stuff consistently. And when they start doing things consistently and start really starting to push some of these teams who are going to take some back dives, like Pittsburgh's going to take a back dive. The Rangers are going to take a back dive. Devils are legitimately good. But again, I have some questions about them. Carolina is legitimately good. I have some questions about them. Florida, I don't know about Florida if they're going to repeat or not this year. It's, it, that's a, it might have just caught fire, but yeah. they're going to push for a spot. But Washington, they're going to take a step back. Even with Ovechkin, they're going to take a step back because that core is getting older. With all that, the opportunity is ripe for a young team like the Flyers to jump in like the Carolina Hurricanes did five or six years ago and wound up winning in the first round of the playoffs in Game 7 in overtime. Against uh, or sorry, yeah, against the against the Capitals, and, and when they in the uh, in the in the first round. With all that being said, the reason I am high and I don't believe in this team is because now you look for the consistency. Like there was no consistency, but you saw flashes in 2016 with the Carson Wentz team. In 2017, they were consistent and they backfilled with the right people. Okay, same thing with the Eagles the last two years. The first year, okay, you get Jalen Hurts, okay, you got to get some question marks, all that stuff. Next year, they backfill with some pieces, and they go to the Super Bowl. The point I'm making is that it is possible to turn things around in one year in sports and in hockey, okay? I see this team making really some, some push now that people quite didn't expect and surprise some people. And then you're talking about adding a guy like Matt Bay Michkov probably two years from now? Are you kidding me? Like that's like shit like the Eagles did last year. We're moving them to that next level. So when people say that I'm crazy and say, I, I don't see why, you know, they're going to be dead last in the NHL. The people are saying they're dead last in the NHL. They're just flat out wrong. I'm sorry. I the team is not tanking. They're not going to be Any, that bad. Anybody, anybody says oh, a lottery team is wrong. Sorry. That, I mean, like, I, that, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Top 10. They're not going to be, yeah, they're not even going to be top 10 pick. I'm sure. telling you, this team is going to be pushing for so, a playoff spot up to game 82. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I hope so. Cause like I, like I said, I want to, I don't want to just come away from this season like, well, at least they battled hard against. 
Pittsburgh on game 80, 79. Like that's they're going to drop some games. However, Look at the Phillies, man. They dropped yeah. some games this year, and now all of a sudden they're hot. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. They just cannot afford to get behind the eight ball and lose ten games in a row. They may that be inconsistent. Yeah, right? They may be inconsistent to start. Maybe playing so so hockey, but you don't want to be playing your best hockey at the beginning. Yeah, it's nice to get up to a hot start, but remember, teams dip. All of them do. They all get inconsistent at some point during an 82-game season. As yeah. long as you don't do that super early and don't lose 10 games in a row, this team's going to have a fighting chance. I'm telling you, Bill. Uh, but I want to talk about the addition by subscrap, sub, subtraction that this team went through and specifically what Torts had to say about it a couple uh, press conferences ago. But first, as always, this episode of Orange and Backcheck is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. We're back with another week of football. How's your team? How's your bets doing? I'm doing okay. I'm hit, missed some parlays. I have a parlay going tonight uh, for Thursday Night Football with uh, Detroit and Green Bay. So we'll see how that goes. But as always, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, and it's keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. Throw down five bucks on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers, new and existing, can take advantage of all the new offers every game that they have this September. Football's more fun when you have skin on the action. So download the app now and sign up with promo code THP and new customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with promo code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. The problem gambling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS, licensed partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply I'm, I, I, I gotta say something real quick about that that uh similar to that but fantasy football quiet in there was that a uh, duck? That was that was yeah. It sounded like it. it's my wife laughing at something on TV. I have oh. no idea. So now I feel um, bad because I just compared your wife to a duck. At, that's I'll tell you what. A, a quick story. I'll even forgo my fantasy football point. There was one time I was in work, and this is when I was like twenty years old, and I used to wear headphones on my desk. We did MP3 sure. players back then. So I'm doing my work and they had MP hit, wait a minute, MP3 players yeah, back then. Just, You're I'm, not I'm, that I'm, old. Like yes, it was an MP3 <laughs> player. This is before like the iPod yeah, took okay, off. Okay, like okay. no joke. Ahead, I was 20. No, this is 18 years ago. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there and and next thing and next thing you know, I, I, I hear something. I'm like, what the hell was that? And I, I turn around again, I hear it again. And and I so my boss went by and I went, is somebody bringing a dog? And she goes, No, somebody sneezed, you jerk. And then I just walked away. <laughs> She goes, don't be rude. Somebody sneezed, you jerk. And like, you said that to your like, boss? Yeah, I said it to her. I was like, That's I was like, funny. Did, did somebody bring a dog? It sounded like a dog. That's funny. And she thought I was a jerk because I, I, so I made people I didn't know somebody sneeze. People have weird sounding sneezes, man. That's the problem. Oh, th that's the true. There's some people sneezes. really have some weird. There was one girl that I worked with before. She, her sneeze was really like, yeah. 
like no joke. And every like every time she'd sneeze, everybody would look at her like, "What the hell was that? It sounds like a midget's running out of your nose or something." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I literally, it's like, "What are you, what are you um, sneezing out there?" Your fantasy point was that fantasy football sucks. Be a man and go to DraftKings Sportsbook and actually put some skin in the game and bet some money. Yeah, dude, fantasy we, yeah, sports is stupid. I know. I gotta, I gotta take some of that football pool money and, and do that. Yeah, know, that's so. what you gotta do. It's, it's great. Bet it all, bet it all on the Eagles. Well, I don't know what the futures are right now to win the Super Bowl, but yeah, that, I'm watching though. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose the next game if I do that. I should have bet it with Arizona last week. Uh, or hey, if you're so hot on them, take on the Flyers to have the over under. I'm sure they're. I don't. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure their points is very team friendly. If you're, if you're. Ah, you know what? I'm I gonna do that for the next podcast. I'm gonna bet go. that the Flyers are gonna make the playoffs. I'm gonna. Put money on that yeah just take the I'll over put, on I'll the put points. 20 bucks on that yeah um i am always fascinated by torts i think he is a fascinating coach i don't like him a hundred percent of the time i think he has some really good points and coaching styles and i think he has some really questionable and uh just just his mentality is interesting it's always interesting when he calls out players by name mm-hmm especially if they're former players, because he was talking the other day in a press conference about how excited he was about the locker room, basically saying we have the right guys. They're all excited, yada, yada, yada. The typical, honestly, normal coach speak that you see or hear. Then he's literally specifically named the guys that were not here anymore. Now, he did clarify and say they're all good players and whatever. And then he continued his rant. But for him to specifically say, Provy's not here. D'Angelo's not here. Hayes is not here. I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like that is an either an unintentional or backhanded, like, slap to those former players. Am, am, am I glad that those three are not on the team anymore? Yes and no. I think Hayes kind of drew the short end of the stick uh, for this club. I think he could be, pr- I think he could be pretty uh, worthy or, like, valuable to a team. That's in its current state. I think uh, next season would have been the time to get rid of him. Obviously, this was without cap space if factoring in. But I, I just think like that's it's odd. Am I overthinking this? Like I, I oh, think 100% it's, you are. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know, man. I, Listen, I, he I, does. I, he's a guy that has said I'm never going to talk about specific players on in front behind their back or in front of the press whatever the case is i mean like look he does but it's not to the extent of like how he really feels he's not going to throw any of his players yes, under he's the not bus he's going to deal with he's going to deal with locker room issues in the yeah, locker that's room that's what i meant to say he's handle it. yeah stumbled out i know what you meant bit. yeah but as far as this situation with him naming the player specifically he he said it because he said our room needed to change and these mm-hmm. guys are no longer here that's what he basically said i think you're thinking too much of it. and i liked that he mentioned those three specific guys because you know what that tells me? It tells me they didn't buy in. Yeah, they're great players, they're great people, but they didn't buy into what we're doing here. And like, no. you, you need to buy it. And I think that that's there's there's some there's some value to 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 picking up those little things and not like dissecting him or putting him in a box like he likes the phrase that I'm not talking about that. But when you when you hear a comment like that, I don't think you're over. I think you might be overthinking a little bit. But he's making a point saying that. You know, we, we we needed to we needed to to move on here. Like we needed to move on, and I can't think of a better way to say it. Honestly, usually I'm really good with these analogies. I can't really think of it, but the point is is that 
it it was time for a change and mm-hmm. it was time for the younger guys to take over and that's exactly what happened i don't mind happen. i don't mind the younger guys taking it over like that's that's obvious i'm just always i'm always fascinated when coaches whether it's a slip of the tongue or intentional like you're saying it was in terms of torts to name these players to name those players because it, it's not against the grain of what he does but in a way it kind of is cuz he's kind of throwing those former players under the bus of not buying into the system. Like when you're like, he could have easily just said, we have the right guys in the locker room. We're excited about this season. The mentality is great. The mindsets are great. And we're all excited. Just leave it at that. Like it, it, to, to specifically go at, not go out of your way, but I guess you're kind of, you kind of are to name the players that are no longer there. That clearly we know they did not buy into the system. We yeah. knew 25 games in that Kevin Hayes was not buying in to the tort system. Mm-hmm. We knew very early on tort or excuse me, Provorov was not buying in to the tort system. D'Angelo again, I don't give a fuck. See you later. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> I mean, he ain't wrong. I'm going into this bit. I'm leaning into that bit. Every time I mention that man's name, hopefully this is the final podcast where I mention that name. You won't be watching yeah, we'll score see. an overtime winner. Yeah, against the team. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, Carolina. The, the yeah. anti-Tyler Pitlick for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just always fascinated when when those kind of things crop up with Torres because he is a fascinating coach who has a long pedigree, is an asshole to the press when he has to be, and is blunt. He he's a no he's a no bullshit kind of yeah. guy. He's and old you, school. You, he's you, very old school. You can't. That's what he's. He is what Philadelphia is always wanted. You know, yes, mm-hmm. the press may mm-hmm. not like the way he kind of talks to them, but sometimes, like, after a game when he's pissed off about something, I don't blame him, man. That, like, that I, re- I don't blame him. Like, to get asked some of these questions, just like, you know, like the time, like, did you watch the game? Like, did you watch, did you see the same thing I did? Yeah. Then why are you asking me about it? Like, yeah. at that point, it's just like, I don't, I'm not talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to, you know, worry about it. I'm, it's just time to move on. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if Sam Karshidi is going to still be his punching bag because they, they got into a couple of tussles talking about the 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 goalies who's going to start between Carter and uh, and the team. And it's like and Urson. It's like I don't talk about the goalies. Gianna yeah. Han. I mean, she's obviously not Listen, on, the, on the beat he's, anymore. He's but. going after he's going after our buddy Colin Newby. Like Colin Newby is oh, yeah. a, a friend of yeah. the show. And, and you know, he's he going after him saying one time Colin asked him a question. He's like, what are you asking me? I don't know what you're asking me. Why are you phrasing your question? And like, that's that sucks when you do that. But it's everybody like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I, I got to say this, too. Like, if you if it is kind of intimidating being in that press room and, 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 you know, it going around asking a question, like sort of those things, like, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, when Martin Jones here, I asked him a question and I was scared shitless before I did it. I'm sure. not gonna lie to you. It's just yeah. something that's, it, it can be a little intimidating because if you don't phrase it the right way, it's, they're just gonna, they're gonna blow you right off. That's what happens. Yeah. But um, it's a small part of the job. That's something they have to do. But that's the thing is I, I get the sense that a lot of guys, most people don't like, answering those questions every single day multiple times a day so yeah sometimes you're gonna fly off the handle but i don't think people see it from that perspective yeah uh i wanted to stick on the flyers theme but i want to actually save the 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 last flyers topic for the last thing i wanted to stick on the old school coaches because we haven't touched on this we've been away for a couple of weeks to talk about this whole situation in columbus 
uh, to go on the NHL or view on the entire na- National Hockey League. The big story was Mike Babcock resigned, stepped away as head coach of Columbus. Didn't play, didn't coach a single second of this team preseason or regular season over what seems odd, but like if you read the articles, it sounds meaningless what he was trying to do uh, in getting the players to share their phones, connect them on airplay, and share photos, whatever, with the rest of the team. According to uh, Biz Nasty on <laughs> splitting chiclets of all, this is that's the weirdest part of this, right? Like it started on a Barstool Sports podcast. Like that's why yeah, everyone has a Biz little bit is of legit though. Biz he is, is. Biz is legit. He is, but it, because it started on splitting chiclets, that's why everyone was like, "Well, what? How do we interpret this?" Look, I'll say this: reading through what he was asking the players to do I think his heart was in the right spot I think he was just trying to connect with his players get to know them and and so forth where he messed up was saying connect your phone you don't have to do that to make a connection with people man like that's very odd you wait till the player or the personnel says hey here's a photo of my children or photo of my dog photo of my house Whatever the case, you don't kind of put them in a spot. Now, some players did say, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was fine. The NHLPA had the biggest issue with it, it seems. At the end of the day, Babcock had no no real option here. He had to step down. It looked too bad. As seemingly harmless as it does, you don't ask people. like It's like me saying, Scott, to join this podcast, I need to see the phones of your children today. I've met your kids. I know your kids. I don't need to see a phone of uh, with photos of your kids on it. You will show them at your time and place when you feel it's appropriate. That's where Babcock messed up. And it's that mind it's just that weird mindset that some of the and I'm not comparing I'm comparing apples to oranges, but they're both old school coaches of why player or coaches like Babcock and Torts have a very very short shelf life in the NHL over the last couple of seasons and beyond. Like, cause I think there, there's, there's two things to this. The, the culture has changed in the NHL mm-hmm. massively. You're, you're, you're dealing with millennials and Gen Z players. Now it's a completely yeah. different mindset, whether you agree or disagree about it. You, you have to look at it from a perspective of it, it has changed. It, you can't sit here and say, well, back years ago, okay, years ago, there weren't things about safety. There weren't things about concussions. They played without helmets for crying out loud. Goalie pads were stuffed with deer hair, okay? Um, like, they, they, they weren't padded. Things evolve. Things change. You can't be stuck in the past with certain things. So I agree with you in that sense. The culture in the NHL has changed in the sense where the players have to be managed differently. You need more of a player here. You can't have a coach screaming his lungs out at the top of the – it's not going to get through to players. It's not. Players don't respond to that nowadays. They respond to motivation. They respond to being built up and being taught, okay? You can hold them accountable, and you can discipline as needed, but screaming and yelling and all that stuff, putting fear into people doesn't work to these players. They just tune out. They won't They won't respond. Motivating players is what responds, and that's, and that's it's a positive change. The Mike Babcock thing, I question it from the first day. And, and here's why. Like, the whole situation with Mitch Marner that people probably forget about. Like, 
He, he drove Mitch Marner's to tears, saying he was the least hardworking player on that team. And Mitch Marner, have you ever watched Mitch Marner play? Yeah. I mean, please, him being the least working. But here's the issue. He made a list, and he he showed two other players. One of them was Nazem Kadri. Like, the issue here, he t- showed Tyler Bozak and Nazem Kadri. And that was one of the reasons why he was on the outs of that, because, you know, you you don't motivate players that way. Like you have, you might know hockey, but it's more important not to know the X's and O's. It's more important to know your players. More important to know, you know that how to how to go about doing them. Want to look at someone's phone? Okay, maybe I could say like, oh, let me see, like let me see some of your pictures from over the summer. It could have been something along those lines like that. It got blown out of proportion. I might meet back. I'll say it's a distraction, but. Here's where the flip side, the, the the prior incident with Mitch Marner tells me it was probably a little more malicious than, than it's being let on. Yeah. And the fact that you would even hire somebody in the first place with that is, um, is concerning. Now there was a guy, I think it was Bill Peters, uh, with, uh, the Calgary flames. This was a big deal a few days, a few years ago. Um, so Bill Peters, uh, was a coach for, I think it was, was it, was it the, let me see, hang on one second. It was either the, the, the Hurricanes or the Flames at the time. Um, so yeah, from the Flames. So he resigned in 2019 uh, because there was um, allegations that he dropped the N-bomb on a, on a, a player named Akeem Alou. Um, it was corroborated by teammates and he wound up resigning from it. And that's the thing is that, okay, like, it's not so much a cancel culture thing. It's like if you make a mistake and then you come and you 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 can realize that you made a mistake and you can learn from it, move back. I don't I don't see why a guy like that, you, you can learn from your mistakes. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you, okay? And this is, this is probably, it might upset some people when I say this. Look at the guy behind my wall here, okay? My favorite player, John Van Beesbrook, okay? Okay? Go back and look what happened with him in 2002 and Trevor Daly. Okay. That was a big deal. Okay. That broke my heart. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie. But the thing is, is like you, you can learn to forgive people and you can learn to understand is that people make mistakes when people grow up in different eras and something is not, this is why there's so much, you know, and I'm not going on a tangent here, Bill, just bear with me. I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, go on like a political rant here, but there's so much division in this country because people don't understand that it's okay. It's either all or nothing. There's no, there's no compromise. There's no forgiving. There's no apology. It's either, oh my God, he said a bad word one time in his life and we need to cancel him for everything else, the rest of the world. No, that's not the solution. Okay. All right. You you need to say, okay, the guy made a mistake instead of punishing someone, it's like taking someone and throw them in jail for a drug addiction. Okay. You're throwing them in jail. So they're off the streets, but is it really curing the problem? No, the problem is that they're on drugs and they need help and they need assistance. They need to find a way to get rid of the addiction. That's the problem. That's the core of the problem there. Core of the problem. This is that a culture, American culture has evolved to a point where people are now pushing back on things that are racial or things that are considered inappropriate. And they're really pushing back on these things saying, no, we're not going to accept it. And they want diversity. They want inclusion. They want equity. They want everybody to be on the same page and look past these things. But some people, because they were grew up around it and they were grew up in it, don't understand that it's not okay anymore. If you were raised on something that was only it's okay, sometimes you don't understand the impact it has on others negatively. 
with that being said, doesn't mean that Mike Babcock is a bad person. It doesn't mean that he's bad. He made a mistake, okay, the first time around with the thing, okay? He should have learned this time around. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I would be surprised if a guy like Bill Peters comes back to the NHL one day. I wouldn't be surprised. People can move past it. They move past John Van Biesburg. He's admitted it. <coughs> Excuse me. He's gotten in front of people and saying, I made a mistake. I was wrong. People, I know what I did, and I loaned up to it, and I made a mistake, and he held himself accountable. Okay? Same thing with James Bradbury. James Bradbury, just a quick example for an analogy. The holding call at the end of the Super Bowl. He held himself accountable to it. People respect it. The thing with Mike Babcock, just resigning isn't holding yourself accountable to it. So I, I don't think that Mike Babcock should ever coach the NHL again because he obviously didn't learn from his first mistake. That you, you you have to go about things a little differently. And who knows, some people players may have said a big deal, but obviously people were turned up about it. Yeah. Bill Peters is a guy you may see down the road back in the NHL. But if he comes out and gets ahead of it and says, you know, yeah, I made a mistake. I should not have done that. I... I it was wrong of me. I should have known it was wrong. Sometimes people don't know when they are wrong. You need to teach them. So the best way we can look at these kind of situations like Mike Babcock is to say, okay, Mike Babcock's a repeat offender. <laughs> you ain't fixing him. But someone, and I'm not saying that Bill Peters should come back and coach, saying that if he does, you, you need to respect the fact that sometimes you, you need to learn how to forgive people and move past it and realize that people are allowed to make mistakes. And we cannot have an intolerance for mistakes like this because you, you need to learn. But if you do it again, okay, sorry. There's yeah. the door. Don't come back. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm just fascinated by what they think they can get away with in Babcock's situation. Like right. he felt like it felt like he can get away with it. Well, he didn't learn. Bill, that's yeah. the thing. That, that's yeah. my hope. That's the whole point of that, that five minute tangent I went on is that you have to learn. And if you don't learn and you don't adapt, then you die. Like, sorry, like, that's what it is. We, we're, we're at the end of the core, we're animals. We have to adapt. We adapt or to survive. So, you know what I mean? Survival of the fittest. And even the brain, like, you need, your mind needs to evolve. John Tortorella, he's evolved. He's not the same coach he was 15 years ago. He's not the same coach he was in 04. He's a different coach. He's a guy who wants to mind. You don't see him screaming on the bench every single night. You see him holding his players accountable, and you see him doing his thing. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a lot more mellow than he used to be. So people can change, people can evolve, people can, you know, do things wrong and then come back from it. You know, he had that situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's why, you know, Dubois wanted to get out of Columbus. It just, he pushed him too hard. And he even admitted that in his opening press conference with the Flyers saying that, you know, I, I, I'd probably push some guys too hard. That's why old school can still work if you learn how to adapt with the new school players. If you don't and you end up like Mike Babcock, then that's a you problem. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was good. Sorry, that, that that was a really good dissertation there, man. <laughs> that was damn good. I mean, you know, I, 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 that mood I was in at the beginning of the show, Bill. I, I'm good now. I know what else got you in a good mood. What's that? The Flyers painting the ice. Oh, I'll give that you. That is the biggest change yeah. that they could have made, and I absolutely love it, Bill. It is. If Finally, you, if you somehow missed it, there's not going to be an awkward red line going through oh, the center of the Flyers logo this season. God, at the center ice, line. the Wells this Wells Wells Fargo season, 
at the Wells Fargo Center this season. Two nice, clean Flyers logos on both sides of the red line for us to enjoy. Yep. That's, that's, that's While there. ice skates go through it every two seconds. Listen, I'm fine with that <laughs> because you got the right people. You got yeah. the right people running this thing now and doing it the right way. Could you imagine? That, that's the most subtle change that they could have made yeah. that people may not realize is that that big logo, the Dave Scott and the Val Camillo signature, now you know you got real people from Flyers yeah, running is, that thing because that's is, a big deal with Mr. Snyder. It was a very big deal, and people never really understood that. This is that is strictly it's probably Dan Hilferty. I think he has the tenacity has to, to say be. that, but it's also Keith Jones and Danny Breer going like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, because they obviously played under Ed Snyder and knew the guy. Correct, and they're so, going to have Ed, Ed Snyder at Legacy Night. I think um, yes, in January. In January. Yep. Yeah. One of the January birthday. I, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, the theme nights are on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, all that fun stuff. So thank God. Uh, but it is funny. Imagine like the superstition, like you sometimes see in the locker rooms, like don't walk over the logo or whatever, like don't skate over the ice. And all of a sudden the Flyers are skating. They're avoiding the logo at yeah. center ice like lunatics. That'd be a fun little thing to see this season. But obviously you don't yeah. step on the logo. If a logo's in the middle of the room, you don't step on it. Yeah, it's, it's a pride thing. It's a pride so. thing. Uh, that's what you're going to see at the Wells Fargo Center this season, including hopefully some decent hockey. So it'll be fun. And maybe playoff yeah, hockey. Especially come playoff time. Yeah. I knew you were going <laughs> to beat you to it. That is going to do it. Episode 158 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not already, make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network, to the Orange and Backcheck Podcast on Stitcher. Or Stitcher. Who says Stitcher? What the hell, Stitcher? It's a podcast platform that is no longer existing, of all things. Like, they literally just sunsetted like two months ago. If you are not following Hockey Podcast Network, Orange and Backcheck on Twitter, X, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff, make sure you are. We are going to be having some Saturday, uh, or excuse me, we're going to be doing some watch parties on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube page, starting at the home opener against the Canucks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you are tuning in with us, youtube.com slash hockey pod net. And then also on Saturday nights, we're going to be Saturday doing Saturday night live hockey watch parties, not just the flyers, not just uh, the devils and the local teams, all the NHL teams. We're going to be watching every night. Come join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Like I said, youtube.com slash hockey pod net. And until next time, we'll see you out there. Stay out of the left goddamn lane.